Nipples, 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 nipples. Hi, friends. Welcome to Red Dead Radio, the Red Dead Redemption podcast. I'm your host, Jared Petty. And as always, we're going straight to the wild, wild guest. We're going straight to the wild, wild guest. We're going straight to the wild, wild guest. Yeah. To my right, your left. First off, <laughs> who are you? It's me, Brendan Graber. Hi, how are you? It is you, Brendan Graber. <laughs> Brendan Graber of Ye Old Imagine Games Network, perhaps? Uh, if you want to call it that, I call it um, Imaginary... Wait, what was it? IGN? Yeah, IGN. Uh, that, that's where you work. Inverted <laughs> Grass Nukes. Inverted grass nukes. Okay. Yeah, let's well, go that, with that one. That's very strange. And to Good. his right, your left. Hi, everybody, once again. How you doing? I'm John Ryan. You are John Ryan. Also from the image generating nipples. Nope, I had I had I could have said network and it would have been great. But <laughs> yes. then I super didn't and I said nipples instead and I ruined it. You did say that. Are we start, are that. we just are we gonna keep that in there? It's entirely your show, so well, yes, but you. it's entirely your call. I don't give a shit. Nipples. Right. nipples, 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 nipples. <laughs> anyway, if the, friends. If the uh, word nipples bothers you, like, then the I, problem is not. Can I read you mine? I want implying games now. Okay, what implying games? <laughs> <laughs> you oh, haven't man. even been drinking. You don't have an excuse. You're right. drunk it's on life. <laughs> is that what I, friends? Thank you for coming back to this insanity. <laughs> Nominally, at least, we are a show about Red Dead Redemption. We're all very excited tonight because we all have cowboy hats on. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I also noticed earlier that because we had to pilfer ours from the office, it's sort of a three bear situation going on. Like mine is decidedly way too small. His is decidedly way too large. But mine's just like because I bought it from a toy store because it's Woody's. I was gonna ask is that a, is that a sheriff Woody here my favorite deputy That's oh he spun and everything <laughs> in both wonderful and terrible ways that was rather that beautiful my neck no don't do that you know I wonder we should we should talk about Toy Story on the show at some point just because I want an excuse to talk about Toy Story 2 especially with Woody and Jesse and that whole western mythos that's that's kind oh, of oh yeah Prospector now. Pete yeah I, you, I, I'm sorry Fraser in a box <laughs> <laughs> I listened to uh, I listened to a lot of the Laser Time Network, and then the thing recently where they had somebody on talking about a fan theory around Toy Story and Toy Story Two, that if you look really carefully, you notice that Woody's ma or Woody's pardon me, not Woody's, I apologize, Andy's hat is Jesse's hat. Like the hat Andy wears oh, is yeah. Jesse's hat, oh, not shit. Woody's. It's like the reddish pink, right? Yeah, yeah, with the and, right trim. Yeah, and the show that that. Jesse and, and Woody were yeah, based yeah. on. Nobody's ever heard Woody's of. Roundup, right? Yeah, Woody's Roundup, nobody's heard of. It's extremely rare. Uh, that's that's why the collectibles are so well, valuable. I, mean, I thought it was like a thing, you know, it's like Howdy Doody or um, the, the Thunderbirds show. Yeah, like, but there's just... Everyone n- knew who it was, but... Well, it's kind of implied that nobody cares except this, like, really, really into it collector in, in Japan. That, well, that yeah, is... I mean, does anyone give a shit about Howdy Doody in 2018? <laughs> Actually, you know what? I've been watching Hopalong Cassidy lately for the show. I kid you not. <laughs> so, again... You who are yeah. a very rare collector who's lived in Japan. That's a very good point. Okay, so yes. You're basically answer. Wayne Knight. <laughs> well, anyway, the theory is that, and again, it's probably not true, but I love it, that Andy's really attached to Woody. Mm-hmm. Andy's dad is not around. Andy wears Jesse's hat. So Andy's mom grew up a fan of Jesse in the show. Andy's dad grew up a fan of Woody in the show. Aw. Woody is the last thing Andy has left of his dad. Oh. And 
That's the sad kind of awe. And that that's what brought the mom and the dad together was this kind of like otaku love sweet. of this old TV show. Oh, Good really old-fashioned like otaku love. Yeah, who doesn't love some otaku Pixar love? conspiracy theories, otaku's confirmed in Toy Story 1, <laughs> 2, and 3. I am very much in love, and I really do think the moment that I knew that I could love my wife was when we were still friends and we both started quoting Ninja Turtles to the movie and finishing one another's that's sentences. 100%. That's absolutely one of the signs. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, the, also, Tracuna, McCoy D, Socorro, and D, we both were, knew the spell for substitutionary locomotion for bed knobs and bruises. That's Otaku Love. Otaku Love. I'm just going to pretend that I didn't hear that last part just because I don't know what you said and it makes me feel. Oh, Angela Lansbury's finest role, uh, bed knobs oh, and bruises. Oh, right, right, right. Because my huge fan wall for Angela Lansbury, which does exist. Bedknobs and Broomsticks is a movie where Angela Lansbury uses magic to fight Nazis in World War II and reanimates a ca- like a castle full of knights okay. to fight a bunch of Nazis uh, on a bridge. That sounds beach. dope as hell. I'm into you it. You made Harry Potter sound so boring in comparison. Yeah, it's well, an amazing Well, I mean, to film. be fair, Harry Potter compared to Angela Lansbury fighting Nazis with magic is pretty much bullshit. Like that, that's, the, that's the scene I want to see like redone. I don't want to see them redo it in Harry Potter. I just want them to just show me that. Just re-release that. Sure, it, yeah, yeah, it's like Cloak and Dagger. It's just one of those obscure fucking movies that. You, I kind of figured that'd be the reaction you had to that movie. <laughs> okay, wait, um, in Cloak and Dagger, well, when he's trapped in the alley and the dice start rolling toward him, that's a movie that you and I should do. We should like have several of these and then watch. Yeah, Jack Flack escapes. Oh, no. All right, oh, Brendan, have you sorry, watched everybody. Cloak and Dagger? That seems like a Brennan joint. No, it's over my head. Because you like bad movies better than anyone oh, I know. God, yes. Oh yeah, they're, it's yeah. Oh, you you are a bad movie aficionado. Yes, I live for that. This is quite terrible. Yeah, this is. Uh, have we talked about Red Dead yet? Oh God, no. We haven't okay. even said the name of the show yet. Okay. Well, once again, Red Dead Radio, the Red Dead Redemption Podcast, and ladies and gentlemen, That's this it. week a very special episode uh, because. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about what we want from Red Dead Redemption, oh. but then we asked you to tell us what you want. And this is actually going to be, we had so many responses, we're still not going to be able to get to all of them, but we're going to break the show up into new parts, or new parts. We're going to break the show up into two parts. Two new uh, parts. Yeah, exactly. And not like a bullshit accidental two-parter like you and I always do, but an actual planned two-part. Yes, a planned two-part episode. So get set, because we're going to go through your responses, what you want from Red Dead Redemption. This is what you want from Red Dead Redemption. Volume one. But before we hop into that, we've got a couple other segments to get to very quickly. Uh oh. Is this yeah. gonna be the ones where we talk about really deep shit? No, not no, that's later. Okay. That's good. later. Great. Uh no. This is on the trail because we haven't done that in a while. And okay. nominally you people said, are playing through this game with us. You said very special episodes, so I just sort of assumed it was gonna be dealing with Brendan's crippling speed yeah, prediction. Okay. This is this is the uh the intervention episode. Yeah. It's a very special punky it was lured Bruce. Here it's under a very false pretenses. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, anyways, yes. On the trail. Where are you at? These well, days? little Timmy's trapped in a refrigerator. And we, no, um, that's Fallout Four. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, so for on the trail, uh, last time we went to exhuming and other fine qualities. That's what we went oh, up to, okay. which means we've been introduced to Seth and we've been introduced to West. Um, West, the snake oil salesman. Nigel uh, West Dickens. Very good. I told, oh. I, play, I told you, I've played the opening of this game like five times in the last five years. Yeah, for folks that don't remember, why have you played the opening so many times? Yeah, why? Because every time I feel like, I, oh, I should start that again, for sure. Um, and then it gets like re-released, and after, like I'll play for a little while, and then I'll like get shit in the way, like life just kind of happens, and I stop playing, and then... It will get it got really some backwards compatibility, for example, and then I was like, "Oh shit! I'll pay, play that again for sure. I'll start at the beginning again because I lost all my saves." 
Um, so now I'm just playing Red Dead Online. All right. So now you're just popping back. You keep like coming after me to play Red Dead. Online. I do because it's still fucking great. <laughs> you you like it's like it's almost as if you don't believe me when I say I do it's believe still you. Stupidly I fun. do believe you. I absolutely believe you. I'm just too lazy to do it right now because. Of, because Mark of, my words, Petty. One of these days, we're I'll gonna get you up in that saddle. So Seth and West, uh, West the snake oil charmer, uh, the snake the snake oil sales, salesman, and then Seth. Yeah, he's a hillbilly. Yeah, kind of archetypical guy who's lost his mind, talks to dead people, exhumes them. He's a grave yeah. robber. Yeah. He's, um, he's one of those good old-timey Western tra- classics. Yeah, well, let's talk about good old-timey Western classics for a second. When you look at Seth, he is sort of archetypical. Uh, what, what aspects of him do you think come from come from what? Well, I mean, there's if we're looking at the, the typical aspects of, of, him, of Seth, it's that sort of like that, that cross between the, the calamitous old coot and like the wily prospector. Like those are two very, very staunch... Western stereotypes, and like we see it with Uncle uh, towards the end of the game, and uh, in the sections that we've seen him in in uh, Red Dead Two, where he's more the old coot mm-hmm. type, uh, whereas Seth is definitely like crazy bastard in that respect, like mumbles, talks to dead folks. Um, but there's just something more wrong with him. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you first encounter him, and I had completely forgotten this, he is face down in a grave, yes, robbing oh, a body. Yeah. Yeah, that's how you first encounter this dude. Yeah. Like, it's just like it makes an impression. It does make an impression. Mm-hmm. I, 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 and and I'm curious. Just as a complete aside, do you guys have like an ethical problem with grave robbing? Technically, my last name in German is Gravedigger, so probably not. Whoa! Fun. Like the monster truck? Mm, sure. All right. He means like the occupation, but yes, like Grave yeah, the, the German monster truck family. Of course. We, we have a family crest <laughs> and a monster, monster truck. Trucks. <laughs> Just two monster trucks. We, we built a castle and we ran over the monster truck. If you would like to draw Brennan Graber's monster truck family crest oh, and, please and, and tweet that at us, yeah, I'd really appreciate it. Petty comma Jared. Oh, fan art. What are you? Uh, at Raga underscore Fraga. That's two G's in each one. All right. Oh, and John? S, uh, at US of JR. Uh, yeah, if you want to draw that and tweet it at us, we will use it on the show if you'll send it to us. Good. Uh, I'll just put it in my living room. I don't care. Oh, oh yeah. No, that's going to be your new profile picture across all platforms. <laughs> that's freaking great. Um, as far as grave digging as a like moral quandary, like I feel like in today's modern age, yeah. in, quote, civilized society, I think it's super fucked up. Um, unless you're... No, it's just super fucked up. <laughs> now, what about archaeology, then? Well, so that is... I it feel belongs like- in a museum! <laughs> When I say grave robbing, I think of it in the sense of like, no, you know, dick. someone who has been not dead. not going to say so to you? Huh? You're not going to say so to you? I thought about it. I could have been like, so to you! <laughs> Sorry. No, please, take it again. No, I didn't want to be Donovan, you know. Right. Like, I mean, that's... Please, no, he's please. not Donovan. That's, oh, that's uh, not Donovan. That's, 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 that's right. That's the guy. That's Coronado guy. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. I've always wondered, is he a descendant of Coronado? Because that's the name of the ship and it's the cross of Coronado. I think he was just like a Coronado Atom. No, he is not a descendant. Because the guy that's got the Indiana Jones hat early on in the movie is like, Coronado's dead, and so are all of his grandchildren. Remember? So, oh, yeah. no, he's You're not. Fair, fair, that's yeah. right. But also, you lost it, kid. That doesn't mean you have to like it. Yeah. Does that fucking wise words. And then he puts, We're just gonna speaking start of you. Westerns, the first 18 minutes of Last Crusade. I mean, pretty much most. It's train robbery chase, horse race through the desert. Uh, yeah, anyway, well, not going to Yeah, 100%. Back to what you were saying about. Yeah. Um, Fuck, what, what, oh, right. Um, I feel like in terms of, like, archaeology is different than robbing graves, right? How so? Like, okay, so it's technically the same activity. 
Mm-hmm. But if we're talking like exhuming for science or historical accuracy versus somebody died two weeks ago and I know for a fact they had a really expensive pendant on when they went in the ground, I'm mm-hmm. going to dig them up and take that. There's a difference between those two things, What if right? it was magical? Well, then of course fucking steal it. Then you get magic. Oh, they, I, I think a lot of it comes down to like the crime against the living versus crime against the dead. The dead don't care. Right. right? We know that. <laughs> but but the living, the people who live behind, if they found out somebody dug my dead sister up. Oh, yeah. To get her jewelry and then just left. And know, I didn't get to it first. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's terrible. Mostly that. That's a crime against the living. That's a crime against yeah. the survivors, honestly. With archaeology, uh, you, you don't really have a crime against the survivors. It's happened a long time ago. You can, on the other hand, steal, say, another nation's cultural treasures. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that becomes a whole other issue. Yeah, but then you just say, like, hey, we found these. Have them back, please. But yeah. they didn't always do that. It was more like, let's smuggle but it back. That's why, aside from... Everything else happening, <laughs> the present is slightly better. Slightly, <laughs> actually, some of that stuff just went on fairly recently. Those uh, guy got caught with a bunch of a uh, bunch of smuggled artifacts uh, only about a year ago. And I had 100 percent missed that guy. Pay compensation. Yeah, oh. that was uh, archaeology. Theoretically, is there to enhance culture and our understanding of history and yep. our understanding yeah. of our fellow people, and so conducted properly, I think it does have a kind of a value of enrichment. Of course. Yeah. Although, as Henry Jones reminded us, X never ever marks the spot. I mean, Except did when you it not in a literal giant X? <laughs> did you not see the news where they just found a giant black sarcophagus in Egypt and they don't know what's inside it? I did, no. and it's clearly aliens. No, what? it's clearly Emotep, and you mustn't read from the book. <laughs> No, they're 100% it's going to be... One job, people. (laughs) Don't read from the book. Here's the fun part. We're fucked. It's going to be sand walls forever with faces in it. Giant sand faces. Yep. Or maybe giant water faces, but it's not going to be nearly as fun or as cool as the first time you see a giant sand face. Well, then again, if this brings Brendan Fraser out of retirement to save the world... Think before you speak, please. Come on. Come on. I I will forever hold his torch. He made monkey bone. He did make... But he also made Dudley Do-Right. Not putting many in the wind know, column on know, that know, Airheads, <laughs> sure. Uh, Blast from the Past, weird but okay. Blast from the Past is very strange. It's very strange. That's a weird movie. It is. It is. A, sometimes an uncomfortable movie yes, to watch. Certainly. I'm thinking of one scene in particular. Yep. <laughs> yep, that we're not going to talk about. I can <laughs> no, think of no, several scenes off the top of my head right but, now. But uh, the, uh, I, I'll go to bat for the original Mummy. Like oh, the, oh, yeah. First, the, the first, first, first remake, remake of no, The Mummy. Absolutely, honestly, even The Mummy Returns. Yeah. Like, I, I went, it's less good. I went back to The Mummy Returns and it my is, memories were not as fun. Nope, still great. Really? Sorry. Yeah. See, the one for me that really like still cinches it is the, the cab chase through London where like the fast mummies are running along the side of the National Museum. That's, I'm all about that sequence. And you I'm know what? The about, rest of the movie can fuck off. No, no. Care, I'm like, all about when they go recruit that that uh, kooky sidekick with the eye patch. Uh, oh, the he, dirigible guy? Yeah, oh, yeah. and he's like, Hell yes. I thought you could shoot me in the ass. He's like, no, you're right. I'm going to shoot you in the ass. I'm like, I love this. The the part with the uh, zombie pygmies was a little much. Well, I, I think that was weird. They um, only really lost me when they got rid of Rachel Weiss for no reason. Well, that, but also CG rock scorpion king with the eyebrow. Let's never that, forget that. That was amazing. Never. <laughs> no. Although it did, that did lead to us getting scorpion king, which is kind of not too bad swords and sandals flick. I, I kind of like it. Yeah. I, I like think I have to seriously reconsider our friendship after yeah, those words came like, out of your mouth. I kind of like the Scorpion King. Sorry, I'm on this side of history. You're on the wrong side. <laughs> you know what? No. You know what? No. I will firmly sit on the right side of history. Y'all enjoy your fucking dipshit-ass terrible rock movie. Uh, Dwayne, you're great. Just can't wait to go see Rampage. 
Wait a minute, no. you're you're coming to the defense of Rampage? No, I just think I can't wait to go see it. No, absolutely right. not. It is going to be hot garbage. <laughs> Dwayne's done some really great stuff. He, no, I, I legitimately like really like watching him in movies. Yeah, me TV. too. I think he's great. Jumanji was really good. I didn't think it would be good. Which and one? The Jumanji. Jum- I didn't see that one. Was, we talked about this last time I was here. Yeah, yeah. Too. Expound. Brenda. No, it's like it's actually one of the best video game adaptations. Yeah, it's really good. Because it's right. more focused on like an Atari than it is like on a board game, but they still make references. But then they also make really funny puns on like how uh, player characters and NPCs work in a game. Yes. Yeah, the we main... were talking about that when I first came on. Yeah, when they're just talking about like, here's the main spiel for the main quest. I'm going to repeat my dialogues. That's all I know how to say. Yep. And like how like you can retry a level if you can't fail it the first time. Like yeah. I just love how they incorporated it in. It was we, really funny. We've actually talked about that on here about how Rockstar has kind of kind of let folks know that the direction they're going for is to sort of make the world very living, where you feel like the NPCs are up to something when you're not there. Mm-hmm. And there's that sequence in Jumanji where you're literally hanging out with the NPCs when they're not around yeah. the player when characters, and, like, and that's what's going on. So we haven't talked Look much at us finally bringing it back about we the missions, it. but you know what? We talked about some other wonderful things, and what I think people are really here for is the topic of the day today, which is uh, which is what you want from Red Dead Redemption. Let's so hear it. Right after that, the break, we're going to that. But uh, hey, if you're going to play along with us next week, there's not going to be on the trail segment. But two weeks from now, the it'll Assault be Red on, Dead Online. No, it's going to be the Assault on Fort Mercer. <laughs> That's what we're going to talk about. And yeah. then it will be Red Dead Online. Yeah, we're going to do it, John. I don't believe we're gonna, you. We're going to do it. Brendan will do it with me before he does it. And he hasn't played this game in eight years. Okay, you know what? We're going to make it happen. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. And we're back sans hats, except for this fella right here. Sorry. So, ladies and gentlemen, the main topic of the day, what you want from Red Dead Redemption. So many messages. All of them about steamboats and paddle boats. Yeah, all <laughs> kinds of exciting stuff here. Steamboats and paddle boats. All right, steamboats and paddle boats indeed. All right, let's get uh, let's roll down here to the uh, first question. Who we got? Who, who, who we got? Right. That's your new theme song right there. Sorry, Cisco. Hey, no, Jared. Huge fan. I'm just going to bathe in that for a moment. Nice. A couple weeks ago, I thought of a way for Red Dead 2 to end, but I'm not sure how the game would continue after this happens. This kind of Red Dead fanfic. This is what he wants. Ooh, I'm into it. Give Arthur me that survives. Cannon. All right, Arthur survives through the game, and he sells out the gang to the U.S. government, and they hide away and changes his identity. After this happens, there's a time job, jump to where the Old West is dead, like the early 1920s. We see an empty saloon, and inside there's this old, sad man drinking alone. A mysterious gunslinger walks into the saloon, and he approaches Arthur and says, Arthur, I've been looking for you for a very long time. You knew my father. And the gunslinger removes his hat, and we see Jack Marston. And Jack pulls out a gun, places it on the table, and says, Let's do this outside. One final duel. The two characters walk outside, and they start the duel, and the cutscene fades to black as we hear gunshots, and Red Dead Redemption 2 fades onto the screen, and credits roll. That's from Parker. Parker, I'm super into that. Yeah. Um, I think there's minimal chance that we'll see it actually happen. But, like, I love the... Was that Mafia 1 or Mafia 2 where they did that? I don't remember. I think it was the first one where, like, the game ends and then it's you as, like, a 60-year-old man, like, trimming roses in front of your lawn in New Jersey. And, like, a car pulls up up front and there's like... Um, it was really horrifying when I first played through first it. And I think that that would be a super interesting tack to take, like, where it's, you know... You, because there is that notion of, you know, redemption and consequences for the things that you do and seeing how it all sort of comes back around. That that notion that, you know, as we saw in the end of the first Red Dead, like, no matter how well you try and do, no matter how far you run, you can't escape your past and 
thereby what's coming to you. And you can't escape progress. You can't escape modernity. Right. It catches up with you and destroys your sense of freedom. That's a very common theme in that first one. I don't know. What do you think, Brennan? I think the only way it could be better is if it ended up with a very slow, old snake Metal Gear Solid 4 brawl well, they're just slowly punching each other and reliving their memories. On top of a giant yeah, robot. Yeah, the music goes through from Red Dead Revolver forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have hated things more, but not many. <laughs> Are you, you don't like fist fighting on top of a submarine for 20 minutes? No. <laughs> no. Well, I'm surprised. I thought the, the only good part of that whole sequence was the fact that, A, the music was pulled from yeah. each individual game and the health bars... Uh, and camera angle styles also swapped. I thought, oh, that was, I thought that was super neat. There was zero reason for that to exist beyond that. Everything about that idea was extremely clever, except that you were playing bad Street Fighter 2 on top of, yep. of a robot. Yep. Like if it you, were, been, you were playing Virtua Fighter 2. What if it had been <laughs> one final infiltration sequence where it kept changing feel like You mean that? you didn't like crawling through a tunnel for 10 minutes? I don't know. Well, I climbed a la- Somehow they made climbing a ladder for 10 minutes good in a game. Well, that's because so. there was a kick-ass musical number behind it. Yeah. yeah, that's true. The tunnel did not have that. It was just, I'm in pain, I'm in pain, I'm in pain, <laughs> ow, I'm in pain. Ow, I want to die. We are determined not to talk about Red Dead Redemption 2 today. <laughs> you know what? It's fine. I'll, I will 100% devote this episode to shitting on bad Metal Gear Solid stuff because I I wholeheartedly love that franchise. You know what? That We'll save that for... Uh, we'll That'll be its own podcast. For, you and I will have our yeah. own Metal Gear Solid show. Snake... snake Dead radio. The, Ooh, I like uh, that. Go. Just snake, 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 snake. There snake, it is. Just snake. 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 How many podcasts out there do you think that are called the Codec? Like, just how many Metal Gear Patent, pending, patent, pending, patent, pending. There we go. Only right. one now, and it's ours. <laughs> All right. On to the next one. Um, howdy. One of the things I'd like to howdy. see in the game... Uh, first would be an evolving environment. I want to see that people and places I come in contact with evolve. Like Back to the Future 3, you got a sense that Doc and Marty were witnessing the changes in Hill Valley around them. Yeah. Okay, that's actually kind of a cool point. Um, as far as the action element, I want a full-blown train heist, blueprints, station timetables, pinpoints from drop-off locations, team handoffs, etc. Then on a personal note, for a skin, I'd like one of those ridiculous, full-blown singing cowboy outfits with a bright neon-colored shirt with fringe and furry chaps and a guitar slung on my back. Happy trails. That's from Mario. Not a mariachi. No, a- like a like a Gene Autry singing oh, cowboy. Yeah, singing oh, cowboy. I, okay. Cool. Roy Rogers. Like, For sure. That's amazing. I'd really oh, enjoy yeah. that. I would also like one that is just the giant neon cowboy sign from Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I want a neon cowboy. Hey, John, can you turn your mic just slightly towards you? I think we're not picking like up as this. well. Oh, wow. That's suddenly, you're Ooh. much more, Now much, you can all hear my sultry baritone. Hey, I wonder if this is what's going on with mine. No, I'm just mic obsessed. Okay. John, um, oops. probably tired of hearing me talk about mics. No, I mean, I, I feel like, sorry, what was the guy's name that sent that in? Uh, Mario. This is from Mario. Mario. I think Mario is onto something um, with the notion of the world sort of evolving around you. I don't necessarily, we know that we won't be able to like, burn down a forest yeah. or like knock down a town like it's not like red faction types of destruction where you go and you throw a molotov and then there's not a town there anymore um but i think that we will see things evolve throughout the world so in the demo that i saw we want as we were riding around we saw a dude like you know building a barn um we see you know railroad tracks getting laid and like it, it would stand to reason that given the amount of time that we're going to spend in each area we'll see those tasks getting completed 
Okay. Um, especially since it seems like we'll be seeing things sort of last over a period of time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's definitely something we can totally see. It is a hard thing to do in a game. Like, everyone wants that kind of, like, world that goes along with you. If yeah. you look at other open world games, like, you know, Skyrim, like, things changed in that world. Like, as you progress the Civil War, like, cities would be, like, attacked and whatever. But, like, people always wanted the next step. Like, right. I wanted, like, everyone to, like, die here. And, like, I want everyone to remember my name. Like... And then it, in reality, it's like, oh, hey, you're that Dragonborn slash Assassin slash Maid's Guild slash Thief slash right. Sneak Guy slash Guy with the Good Sneak Guys. Sneak Guys, eh? Sneak King, perhaps? Oh, don't get me I always hate it when I was like the Dragonborn and they were just like, don't steal my sweet roll. I'm like, I can just shot you off into oblivion, really. Like, literally, I'm the fucking Dragonborn. There's, there's things that I would love to like see as a world, like people realize what you do and your impact on the world. Yeah. Yeah. And things change because of that. Okay, so I like that point. I want to take a quick tangent just because Sneak King came up a second ago mm-hmm. and ask why in the world you have a shrink-wrapped copy of Sneak King on your desk. That's Barrett's. Don't even try and pin that on me. Barrett, Barrett Courtney? Yeah, sad boy Barrett. That explains enough. All right, that, I don't need to ask. There any, you go. No, yeah, I have, I have Beyonce Two Souls on you my do desk. Have that. My real problem is that it's just shrink-wrapped and not actively in use. That's the real problem. Yeah, the fact that there is a... a a the fact that it is there and I am not game. actively playing it every second of every day. <laughs> All right, that's what we that's what we want in Red Dead Redemption. More Sneak King. Sneak King. I want Sneak King Redemption too. Actually, I don't. I I could if no video game ever had a stealth segment again. As long as I live, that would be okay with me. So Red Dead doesn't need them I either. Love stealth. Games. Yes and no. I'm I'm with you there. If it's I done, don't like like sloppily sloppy stealth. I'm over. I don't like stealth as optional for this mission kind of stuff. And games that are not primary stealth based. Okay. No, like so, if I'm going to play Mark of the Ninja, where the whole game's built around it, I'm totally in. Yeah, or like right. an actual honest to god thief, not the thief reboot or whatever they made. The old classic thieves. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A Splinter Cell game where you actually die in one hit, where you're not supposed to be seen. Not the I'm going to mark targets and shoot five people at once. Right. That's not, where stealth is like. Ugh, not Splinter Cell. No. Not Splinter Cell Far Cry. Yeah. yeah, or a game where it's like you've been an action gun here the entire time, but oh, in this section, if you get seen once, you're dead. That's the one. That's the one that always pisses me off the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what else was Mario talking about? Don't worry about it. We're moving on to the okay. next. Okay. Sorry, Mario. No, that's okay. Hola, amigos. Hola. Uh, firmly devoted to the explorer class of gamer type, I'd love to see more depth in the musical score while exploring. In Red Dead Redemption, we had a great score, by the way. We got a lot of floaty, incidental whistles and twangs while getting from place to place. I'd love to see a more emergent system that's dedicated to how you play. For example, imagine you decided to take a break from the main quest and explore. You and your trusty steed find yourself navigating a steep mountain ridge. Uh, oh, wow. Look, look at these good verbs. Speared with frosted trees. Suddenly, this is a, really a new nice score. Picture. Yeah, very good. Suddenly, a new score fades in, one that perfectly matches the haunting slopes and melancholy of the scene. The game is adjusted to where you are, what you're doing, and how you're playing it. A cinematic moment is happening, and you have created it. Do you know what I mean? An even richer and more layered music system that really puts you in the game's world even deeper would be something sweet to shoot for. I reckon. Hey, I love the I reckon. Good. Many thanks, Pards. See you down the trail. Pards. That's from Sash. Sash? Yeah. Um, I mean, Sash, it it seems like you sort of just hit the nail right on the head. Um, I mean, based on what I saw a few months ago, like, that's essentially how it functions. You know, I can't speak, of course, in in super great detail to the creative process of their 
uh, scoring team, um, but we know that there's a bunch of different composers working on uh, each individual component of it. Um, and you know, it was that situation where as we were riding around, the music would change sort of based on location. Like you saw that sort of burned out town area at the end of the third trailer, I think, mm -hmm. the second trailer, I forget which one. Um, and we sort of found a, an area that looked much like that, where it was clearly, it, it was it was like it went from being a beautiful sunny day to essentially like gray. The ground was burnt out. Um, bits of buildings were hanging off. They were all just sort of husks. Like something bad had happened here. Yeah. Um, and accordingly, like the music sort of shifted from not it's it wasn't like you know plunky you know, exploration Western music. Okay. Um, but it went from the, what I'll call the normal background music into a very ominous sort of, just like solemn set of tones. And uh -huh. then, uh, as we passed through, it got more and more intense. And then as we left, it got lesser and lesser and lesser and waved out and wove itself out. Um, similarly, we went to rob a bank and like, as soon as we rode into town, There'd been relatively little music on the way in, but as soon as we our boots hit the walkway outside the bank, there was this really fucking rad steel guitar strum snap. It's like, Pwang! it's like as you, it's like okay, you're fucking about to rob a bank. Yeah, like, you mentioned that in an earlier show. Like, I love that the the boots hit the ground thing. What about you, Bernard? What do you think about this? I'm such a fan of adaptive music in games. Any game where what you're doing or where you are, the music will just slightly shift to accommodate you. I cannot get enough of that. Um, trying to think of some good examples. I know, uh, even though it had a lot of sparse music in Breath of the Wild, there were some occasions when you first go from just the main areas towards the Hyrule Castle Town, which has all been burned up by those giant guardian robots, it starts to get like this really kind of creepy vibe. And then once you get to the castle itself, then it's like the swelling music starts happening. Mm -hmm. And it's low at first, but the higher you climb, the grander the music gets. And when you go inside the castle, you start to hear all these organs. You come outside, the organs fade away. And like the way it just respects what you're doing and following your adventure, yeah. not trying to say, oh, you have to go here if you want this. It's like, right. oh, go here? All right, we'll, we'll shift accordingly. Now, I like that a lot, too. And I love the idea he has here to say, and by the way, it pays attention to what you're doing. I yeah. mean, just to be like, hey, are you shooting off a lot of shots? Are you running around? You know, adapt the music to how you're actually choosing to interact with that area. That's you know what really also... Cool. Uh, I just thought of was also really good as um, the Deus Ex games, the recent ones, Human Revolution and Mankind Divided. They actually had layered soundtracks where if you're just walking, it's it's one beat. If you're sneaking, it's another beat. If you're sneaking close to someone, the tension rises. As you hmm. get away from them, the tension goes down. If you get into a firefight, then it starts exploding. And then when the firefight's over, it goes down the sneaking theme and it's yeah. back down. Neat. I love Red. how those soundtracks play out. Yeah, that, that kind of dynamic music. The earliest example of that I can think of, and I'm sure there are much earlier ones that just aren't occurring to me, but I, I there was a time that this was new, and I remember having yeah. a huge impact on me. The first time I played Super Mario Brothers, I didn't know how to run, like I didn't know, and I didn't really know what I was doing. And suddenly, I'm playing the, the game, and suddenly the theme to the game gets faster. <laughs> yeah. Now, that's such a staple of video games now, but there was yep. a time that was new. Oh, that's a completely and, novel concept. And it's like, yeah. do, 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 do. and I instantly <laughs> understood something was very wrong. Yeah. And for the first time, I paid attention. I looked at the timer. was like, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> like, shit. You know, what's going to happen? It was yeah. great. And that, people can use that to such effect to, yeah. to change mm -hmm. experience. I like that. 
We're going to switch over here in a minute to uh, the messages we got from Twitter. Uh, lots and Fun. lots of people wrote in with uh, with their suggestions for what they wanted from Red Dead Redemption on Twitter. Nice. And we'll switch to those in a moment. But uh, first, we're going to take a quick break. A quick break. And we're back with more of what you want from Red Dead Redemption. Thank you so much for staying with us here. All right. This one from... Objection. Overruled. Sustained. I, I overruled it. No. Okay. Um, I can do that. No. Because I have to hit you with some feedback of your own. Uh-oh. What do you got here? So yesterday you told me that you wanted me to be an episode where we read some, some feedback and some emails. So I did the natural thing, and I pulled up some guide feedback from, Jared, uh, from games that Jared had worked on in the past. Oh, no. <laughs> no. As someone who actively wait, knows these feedback lines, Wait a, wait a minute. Okay, so let's contextual Because I didn't know are, you were doing this. What, what are we talking? Okay. They're very we, short. I used to work at IGN. You used to write guides for IGN. I used to write guides for IGN. Brendan and I currently work in the Wikis department. We used to work there with Jared. Mm -hmm. And so these are feedback He, he wasn't around for this little uh, thing. Uh, we now take feedback yeah. uh, from our uh, users. Uh, if you're using our wiki and you do find something wrong with it, like any of the pages Jared worked on, <laughs> you can let us know. They weren't all bad. No, most of oh, them were very, 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 very good. Let's be honest. My sins have found me out here. Oh, okay. they're, they're about I, to. Oh, I mean, right. Right. first one is from uh, right. Batman Arkham Origins guide. Oh, okay, that, your, that guy doesn't ones? deserve to exist. Uh, excuse me. Okay, Batman Arkham Origins, I got halfway through, <laughs> and at my save game, Batman started falling through the floor. Oh, God, on the that's right. I remember save. that. Yes. Yeah, there's a reason. This Before one, you offer a defense of your life, the this, defense is that I was falling perpetually through space at my save, and no matter what happened when I reloaded, I emerged falling through a tunnel of nothingness. All right, another outburst like that, and you'll be held in contempt of court because this is now a tribunal. <laughs> All right. Good news is, this is one from an earlier part of the game, uh, from the Deathstroke in the Arena page. Reason, I need to know some moves. I need to know some moves. I need to know some moves. Hit the man with some moves, Jared. Okay, well. Give me your best moves. The best moves for that section were, this is a freaking QTE. You're playing Dragon Slayer on a PlayStation game. A terrible, terrible love, PlayStation game. I really love how you legitimately braced for like the worst, most scathing critique. <laughs> Another good one you did, I believe, was uh, Dark Souls 2. Did you work on that a little bit? I worked on that a lot. Yeah, I think I you agree. I think you wrote the uh, the intro to this walkthrough and things betwixt. Bet oh, no. So uh, here's a reason for flagging the page. How the fuck do I get past the statue? How indeed How do, you do fuck I get, you pa get past Wait, the statue? Wait, things betwixt? Yeah, Is there a statue there? I, apparently there was, because this guy couldn't get the fuck past it. I don't remember a statue. Here's the question. Was he playing that on New Game Plus, and you did not write the guide for New Game Plus in that particular Maybe section? Maybe the same environment. Well, we did. You do remember Well, yeah, this, but like, New Game Plus throws a bunch of extra shit in there. That, oh, no, I wasn't though? So I wasn't playing that part of New Game Plus. But I don't know if you guys remember this. We had the game early. And we did. That's right. There was so we wanted to explore covenants because that was a big deal right. early on. We knew covenants were going to be a big deal. And so the very first covenant I found, I immediately joined, and the game was very obtuse about what the covenant was. Right. And it's a Dark Souls game, so I'm just getting wrecked, <laughs> wrecked by this game for several days. You, it's it was the covenant of bullshit. I joined. The, I had unknowingly joined the covenant that made the game much much harder. <laughs> Great job. And was effectively playing Dark Souls on hard mode from the very beginning. And the moment. I finally went back and just restarted the game. And Smart. I, and I breezed through the first half of the game. Just like, of course. I had like, like, I'm a god I had, now. I was like, good lord. I 
become a ninja. It was amazing. And then I got to those C-3PO guys and screw them. Still don't know how to get past that yeah. statue, though. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I, I thought you were going to make fun of stuff I'd written. There's so I many. mean, this is feedback. I mean, this is no. a little we, gentle. We're not that cool. I don't, uh, last feedback comes from a game you remember very well. It's called Fallout 4. I'm familiar with that game. Uh, you wrote a lot of that walkthrough, including the companions page, to which we have this wonderful feedback. This is bullshit. Why can't I romance everyone? <laughs> that is, I mean, to be fair, that is bullshit. It is. It's very true. That's true. Like, Pallet, Pallet, Damn it, Todd Howard, you fix it this instant. Uh, Todd, I, you take your cool leather jacket and your fun West Virginia song, and you let me fuck. <laughs> the, 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 working here was worth being able to stick a you can dance with if you want a Paladin dance joke and, and something we made. Oh, of course. I, I, but yeah, I, okay, well, thank you for those. You're welcome. Back Thank to you. this the whole section is being cut out. No, not at all. It'll totally be there. So now that this delightful diversion has passed, uh, we're going to move back to what you want from Red Dead Radio. This is from Ethan. Ethan. Ethan wants very good server structure. I want a polished online experience with dedicated servers mm -hmm. and private server functionality. Ooh, that'd be dope. Um, Shrug. I mean, we have no idea what the online component of this actually looks like. Um, you know, we've got ideas. We've kind of talked about that a little bit before. Um, I feel like after the launch experience that we had with GTA Online, I feel like they're not going to ship the launch component of Red Dead, whatever it may be, until it's damn good and ready to come out. Um, I could see it taking a while. Yeah. Oh, I would be. Excuse me. I would be surprised if it came out within two weeks or a month after launch. But you think it'd be pre-Christmas, pre right? That's a good yes, question. I think so. Yeah, I think I think you'll launch it before Christmas. Oh yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's the I, the only unless you don't want your your dev team hanging around around the holidays. Yeah, if they the if office. they weren't sure that it was going to be stable, they might not yeah. want to do it. I mean, even so, though, like I wouldn't if 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 the line was, hey, this isn't coming until the first of the year, but it's so that there isn't. A problem like there was last time, mm -hmm. I'm a okay with that because yeah. like you know damn well there's going to be more than enough content in that game to to hold you through. Yeah, months. they're going to have months worth of stuff for you to do just by yourself. Right, you even and like, to worry I mean, about plus online. like all the other shit coming out this fall. Like, yeah, I, I do suspect that they would want to own Christmas break with online. Like, I mean, I have to assume they would as well. But like, again, so my guess is you you just tell the team, look, we're going to be here through the holidays. I mean, that that's probably... Yeah, I mean, the right. thing on that front is, too, like, you've already been working nonstop for eight years. Uh -huh. Like, what's another two months? But not only that, but weeks. I figure Rockstar would probably, anticipating the launch of the product and looking at the support needs and having learned that lesson from GTA Online when they first launched yeah. it, I suspect that they would build their staffing needs around that, like that they'd stagger things so that there were I would hope so, people yeah. in place. I mean, I, th I think that would be that. a smart move on their part, so yeah. I, I assume that, you know, they're smart fellas and ladies. They'll mm -hmm. know what they're doing. Not cheap, Brennan. When it comes to a customization around the servers, is there anything you'd really like to be able to do? Um, any new ability, any ability to go in there and stick your fingers in and change stuff? I'm trying to think. Like, I don't usually play online too much. I don't have a lot of time these days, but I do think having a private mm -hmm. function would be great. Yeah. If you just don't want to deal with others, uh, <laughs> the randomness that that could bring, where mm -hmm. if you just want to have your PlayStation and not have it marred by, you know, someone doing who knows what. Sometimes they don't do anything at all. Yeah, I like the idea of being able to have your own clubhouse instance where yeah. your social club, club only, can come in and play on that server. It yeah. allows you to practice missions, allows you to practice team tactics yeah. together. I'm I'm really curious to see if we're going to see a, a, a heartier competitive side 
uh, or, or crew in, in Red Dead Online as opposed to GTA. Because, um, I mean, there are folks who can throw down in GTA with, between the, the, the um, sorry, the crews, the gangs, um, the groups. But I don't think it's, it's sort of looked at as like a competitive experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious yeah. to see whether or not we'll see that change for Red Dead Online. Okay, I wondered about that. Do you think it would alienate some players? No, I mean, so they sort of did this with Red Dead, the original Red Dead Redemption Online, where, like, you had friendly mode servers where you just couldn't fuck with anybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, there's the potential to have that again or to have, like, a light PvP server or whatever. Um, John, will you rotate your mic just Again? Yeah, just a little more. This way? No, other way. This way. There we go. I did it this way earlier. Oh, I meant for it to go the other way. This way. There you go. Okay. Wow. I can hear you so much better now. Are you sure it's not me moving around it because I do this when I talk? You do do that, but I'm going to be much. Swirl. I'm definitely getting you much better now. Okay, cool. I'm oh, glad you wow. can hear You're me. Gonna, yeah, I'm actually going to have to edit your like boost your voice before this. Oh shit! Amazing. I'm sorry. No, it's my fault. I should have warned I'm you. I'm sorry, Jared. You did nothing wrong at all. I did a lot wrong. You, you just don't know wow, about it. Wow, I'm picking you up so much better. Uh, this is amazing. I, think I can hear you. Yeah, oh, sorry. Well, we get a lot of people like to talk about the audio. So, okay. Well, anyway, da-da-da-da. all right. Moving on to the next one here. Uh, This one from Caleb, a great story, a story that's better than the first and side quests that actually matter. I'm so sick of uh, fetch quests that don't pertain to the story. There's an endless supply of those. I'd rather have half the side quests with triple the substance. How do you make a good side quest, Caleb? That is the question that so many developers are trying to solve. You mean it's not just going out and killing 17 pigs? But what if those pigs all had family members and you slaughtered their tribe and then an hour later the pig cavalry arrives and they've actually awoken an ancient evil because you kill all those pigs. I, I like some fucking bacon. I like your fanfic here. Where where is this coming from? Yeah, it's coming for Are you playing I, The Witcher again? See that's I think unintended consequences from side quests can make them a lot more interesting. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Besides there's two two ways I like I like side quests on. One are the unintended content, the, the chain ones, where you do something, and then you don't really hear about it for a little bit later, and then later in the game's like, hey, remember that thing you did? Well, this happened. Nice job, jerk. And they're like, okay. I always, well, I always do love that now one. Now I gotta fix this. The other ones are, they're less about your objective and more about the story that's told as you venture on, which I think that sometimes uh, Bethesda does very well with their environmental storytelling. Or you might be going through a dungeon to get, you know, a doodad, but it's what happened oh, in that dungeon. Doodads. Yeah. But it's what happened in that dungeon that really kind of goes like, oh, this is kind of neat. Like, hey, there were some bandits that came here looking for something and they all oh, got killed by sure. zombies. Yeah. And then there was something necromancer at the end. Like things that, that you're not expecting when you first take on a quest. For I sure. It can really help. The narrative. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, uh, I hollered at The Witcher a second ago, but, like, I mean, I really do think that that game handles side quests in almost better than any other game I can think of in recent memory that does it. Mm-hmm. Um, because not only do they take the time to say, okay, like, yes, there's a shit ton of side quests in, in The Witcher 3, but they all are produced to the same quality level as a main story mission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they all have individual characters who have their own motivations, who have their own fears and desires and wants. They all have a, at least somewhat of a compelling narrative to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the neat thing about Red Dead 2 is that we'll sort of... I, I, feel, I feel like there's going to be a balance mm-hmm. between 
you've got like activities that you sort of have to do the day to day to keep the camp running, to keep the gang together and fed and supplied. Uh, but then there'll probably be, I don't think there'll be like loyalty missions or anything, but I'm sure that your fellow gang members will have favors they need help with. Um, and the fact that they're investing so much in these gang members, like in, in all of the press that we've seen so far, all of the focus has been sort of on Arthur as a character, how he deals with people, um, all of the members of this gang sort of feeling like his family and how he has to protect them and deal with them and, and work to make their lives better. Um, and so I, I would be very surprised if we saw, you know, Bill Williamson say, Hey, Arthur, I need you to go slaughter me 16 pigs. <laughs> like, I just don't see that happening. Don't think that's like a yeah. personal favor for you. Please kill 16 boars. Exactly. But I, I do think that, like, killing 16 pigs, there's an interesting mission to be made from oh, that. Oh, there, there, there totally depends is. on what happens when you but go to kill the 16 when pigs. When I say kill yeah. 16 yeah. pigs, yeah. you know yeah. I'm talking about, like, level two and wow like, yeah. oh, hello, adventurer. Hey, these pesky swine have really been fucking up my grape seeds. I yep. need to make some wine. Time to Here, go, go stab, stab some bunnies. And then yeah. at level 60, they the just replace pesky swine with pesky dark Eldar demons. Pretty much. Have oh. been evading my space um, farm. I mean, if if what are your favorite Rockstar side quests? I mean, um, Red Dead Redemption is an eight-year-old video game. Yep. And video game design, while it, Red Dead was very influential on it, has changed a lot since then. Yep. And th Actually, I like a lot of the side quests you have. Things like a lot of the missions that are that are built around madness add so much flavor to the game. This yep. idea that this is a desolate land where people that don't really fit into the rest of society are what living kind of on their own in, in this really... If you ever read Son of the Morning Star, you get this idea for just how hard... Yeah. life in the West was and what yeah, it was just abjectly terrible for everybody. Yeah. Um, I know it's not a Red Dead thing, but one of my favorite Rockstar side missions is in GTA V. Um, I know you know that game very intimately. I do. There is a Strangers and Freaks mission for Trevor where he essentially agrees to help a pair of old people from London steal a bunch of celebrity memorabilia and it's the weirdest goddamn quest line. And, and it this. happens like several, there's yep. like five to seven missions for Yeah, there's people. a bunch of it. These, these and it's like, you know, you jump over the, ha the the fence of this guy's yard, you like go through his garbage, you find like his, you know, underwear, you give it to this old lady. And I remember like all these. excited to have it. Yeah. Like, and it, it's shit like that where it's like, that is by its bare bones, that's just a fetch quest. Uh huh. But it provides me a lot of insight into both A, Trevor, because yeah. he would agree to do this for somebody. Right. Um, and, of course, that's just me agreeing to do it. So, I mean, maybe the problem there is actually with me. Maybe. Um, but him as a character, or, or I shouldn't say or, but and, the, it just reinforces sort of the madness that is this version of America in GTA V. Yeah. Uh, where it's like, oh, no, no, you don't come to America to see the sights. You come to America to steal people's garbage. <laughs> um, what about you, Brennan? I don't know. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Right okay. Now. I do like that quest, though. It's a good, it was a good quest. And there's a couple um, for me. Uh, they're both from. I mean, obviously that we've talked before about the the quest for the flowers uh, in yeah. Red Dead. That's a really good one. Um, for me, I think it's a couple, both from GTA Five. Um, one of those is the one where Franklin meets the dog. Oh, that's such a good one. Yeah. I fucking it's, love it's that one. Never the, the skydiving mission, right? Yeah, the one where yeah. the dog is talking. Never to explained, but it's a talking never dog. Never explained. Yeah. I think sometimes the weirdest ones are often the best ones. The ones that you oh, just you're going like, what just happened? Yeah, I just I just went through a Twin Peaks episode. Was this a bug? Pretty Was this much. intended? Yeah. yeah. Was this developer intended? Yeah. It's it's the shit that's designed to make you 
endlessly claw at the walls, but there's nothing on the other side. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. love it. This is like Franklin and this talking dog. Yeah. And it's like, where's your dog, mister? Like, what dog? What dog? Oh, yeah, that's great. Um, and they just never go back yeah. to it. What uh, was the other one? The other one is the most infuriating series of missions in GTA V. Spaceship parts? Epsilon. Oh, God. I think Epsilon if there is, were, if there is was, a joke of Andy Kaufman-esque proportions. Oh, 100%. God almighty. That one is... Going through all those mundane tasks, and then you can get $2.5 million, which at that point in the game, if you're not playing the stock market, is a sizable sum of money. Oh, yeah. And then you can use that in the stock market. Right. Or an old tractor. I mean, to be fair, it's a nice tractor. <laughs> It's a no, really it's the, nice, it's a nice it's rusty, old tractor. It's, it's a rusty it's old nasty charm. tractor. It's a charming it's got character, goddammit. But, the, but the, one of those missions is literally walking in circles in the desert. Yeah. But you but but it makes you an amateur engineer, doesn't it? It does, because then you rig your controller so exactly. you can walk away from your desk. Jared here uh, took a rubber band and <laughs> was it a thumbtack? Or just I think tape. So, yeah. Um I think and, it was a thumbtack. And rubber banded around his controller and just looped it around the side so that Michael would keep walking around in a circle out in the desert so that Jared could go get lunch. Yeah. It was um, very good. It was lovely. And those all those missions are like that. But yeah. I do think it's a if you want to know more about making a good side quest, you should go to IGN.com where you can read the top ten side quests of all time. Written by Did you write that article? Truly. No way. That's you didn't right. include the ones um, I sent you, though. By the way. Ooh. You know what? Why don't you just read some more? Uh, read some more old embarrassing Yeah, here's blogs here's one. It's from the uh, the Fallout DLC. Why didn't you include the side quest where you can make love to a robot? Okay, well that's in a murder mystery side quest with robots. It's really good. That's it's not a good in side here. quest. I had to choose Sorry. between the murder mystery robot and Walt Disney's frozen head. So you chose the robot. I chose Walt Disney's Frozen Head. You chose poorly. Mm-hmm. I love um, that mission so much. Sort of getting back to track, though. I think the as far as side missions go, the other nice thing about this is because we were sort of talking a minute ago about how they're trying to make those NPCs sort of exist without you, I feel like they're sort of going to make their own side missions for you. Yeah. Um, I feel like the, the thing about Rockstar Games, especially in the last couple, Red Dead, GTA 4, GTA 5, is that those are water cooler games. Yeah. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you and you know three or four people have, or your friends are, are all playing at the same time, you, you see them at work, you, you hop on the group chat, and it's like, hey, I did this fucking crazy thing last night, what about you? And I feel like that is going to be taken to the nth degree with this idea of every single person has purpose, has a life that you can affect. Yeah. Uh, or that they can affect yours with. Um, and I'm su- and so yeah, I'm really curious to see. I love I love the from. idea that like this isn't going to happen, but I love the idea that like in the last scene of of this game, maybe they break the fourth wall or something. You've like gone through all the drama, and you've gotten away with it, like you've gotten where you need to get. Yep. And and you walk through a final door and you close it and then turn around. And you're in a vast room, and on the other side is everyone you've ever screwed over. Every oh, NPC God. that's just ever hell. screwed over in the history hell. of the game. So it's like the trial and they all, Jerry like, Seinfeld. Close in on you, and they then just the pull game scar fades to black. Hyenas. Yeah, it's just God. that's the end, and that's the end of the game. That would be horrifying, especially the way that I play games. It'd be incredible. <laughs> but I prefer. For I regret like a, nothing. Oh yeah, if, if, the, if every if every big open world game had a tally of my sins. Oh my god! It'd be amazing if it's like if it's like Super Meat Boy. Like instead of seeing all your failed attempts, it's just yeah. everything you've ever done bad. Like come, you end up in hell, and they're just pretty much. All yeah. waiting for do you, you remember the uh, the N sixty four Golden Eye? I do. Uh, at the end, they had to see all the the people you shot, but they were like recovering in the hospital. I'd forgotten. It that. was like a, a thing that they wanted. Uh, they 
wanted Rare to do it because they weren't happy with like shooting people. So like, what if uh, James Bond goes to the hospital? They're all recovering and shakes the hand of every person. Yeah, Everyone they just, they is murdered on. in this game. Sorry, Shot, just doing my amazing. job. Sorry, I ran you over with a tank. I'm glad to see that you're healing with that one Band-Aid on your arm. I I have a I we ride living in San Francisco. We ride uh, Lyft, uh, Uber, stuff like that yep. quite a bit. I was riding Lyft the other day, and I had a driver. I'm reasonably convinced was a retired James Bond villain. Because he had, I thought you were going to say it was a ghost. No. He had, <laughs> he had what looked to be like a Kevlar bodysuit on. He had these awesome driving gloves that, that, that looked like they were designed by like a super villain. They sure, were just it wasn't like Jason Statham. And, so, and then he had the most bionic headset. I mean, I'm pretty sure this was like some... some like Lando Calrissian's buddy. Like Lobot. Lobot. Yeah. So you were like, in the cyberpunk Lobot demo. stuff going on. All right, friends. Uh, so we have gone over a lot of these questions. There are so many more things you want from Red Dead Redemption. You're going to be able to tune in next week and catch some more of those on that special episode, part two of this. But we want to get through a couple of other segments here really quick Ruh-roh. while we've got our guests. So it's time for Luck of the Draw. Do I get to play again? You get to play Luck of the Draw. No, this is not poker. This is Luck of the Draw. Oh, no. This is the one where I always get really heavy shit. This is the one where you always get really serious questions. Does Brendan get to play poker? Brendan gets to play poker. Okay, but I don't. Yeah, but you don't. No, you don't, you don't get another chance. To play I play fucked poker. up. I fucked up so bad, Jared. All over with. All right, here's the deal. Brendan Graber, well, choose a suit. Choose a suit. Brendan. 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 Wait, what if I want to win under that one? Oh, yeah, you can have anyone you want. No, I want I want. I want that one. Choose you want that one. destiny. What do you get? Ooh, right. hot damn! The quintessential car. Right. It appears to be the Ace of Spades. And that's uh, I believe that's from X Men episode. Yeah, it's. I, I don't know X Men very well. The X Men cartoon. I was a Batman cartoon kid. Well, the Batman cartoon was better. I, I, I like know. Gambit. Believe me, I know. That's why I watched it. Yeah. What's that? I like Gambit. He was a cool guy with a little deck of cards. Well, see, so there's a there's a part where Gambit has charged a card, and it's like, what is that? One of the symbols, like, it appears to be the Ace of Spades, <laughs> and then it explodes <laughs> in his face. Uh, yeah, it's kind of cool, like robot humor. Okay, so it's Spades. This is from Lucas. Okay. Will we ever make it to Mars and actually keep a team on Mars to study the planet in our lifetime? So we're going to say in our lifetimes here because we don't know how old Lucas is. <coughs> so y'all are y'all are younger than me. If I live an astoundingly long life, that will be like, <coughs> excuse me, like 2070, 2080. Yeah. No. No, you don't think so? I don't think so. I, I, to, to have sustained human occupation on Mars? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I'd say maybe the moon by the, if that that's being generous. Are we, we're talking like colonization here. Yeah, or I think we're talking about having a small switch-off colony, like an like, ISS, but on the surface. But on of the Mars. surface of Mars. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's a very long shot to my mind, yeah. especially just the way things are right. I now. mean, if they if they give me an anti-aging formula by by then, yeah. and we are mortal, yeah. then yeah, it's in my lifetime. If by twenty seventy seven I can actually replace most of my body or with just cyber put parts, my then brain yes. in a robot body. They're, right, exactly. If I can do the Walt Disney thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's, uh, I think that while the technology is almost certainly there, um, I don't think we're willing to throw the money at it yeah. that it would take to make that happen. No, and like honestly, at this point, we can't afford to. Mm-hmm. Well, I like, think we could, but we would have to buy other things. Well, um, that I mean, we'd have to solve a lot of problems right. before we can attempt to tackle that. Yeah, I agree. Saying. I agree with you there. Like, if, if, so we're not willing to engage at the yeah, moment. If Dipshit McGee were to say, like, oh, the Space Force is colonizing Mars starting in six months, like, that's not happening. Although, I mean, colonizing Mars, wow. Look, that'd be dope. 
But like, I mean, actually, if, I don't want the space force colonizing anything. I don't want a fucking space force. If we yeah. discovered an alien on Mars, and he's like, "Yeah, you guys are a bunch of jerks." No, the aliens in Egypt. He's in the box. We okay, found. But what him. if you came from Mars? He's like, "I came from Mars. You guys are a bunch of jerks." We're like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna build a space and go and beat you guys up." Really? Then we'll get there. That's in my the last time. only way that it's going. Exactly. To land there and there's this little guy's like, "The Elodium P thirty six space module." Shut up, Marvin. We're coming to kick your ass, nerd. Someone has stolen the space modulator. And it's gonna be America. America steals the space modulator. All right. Finally, the Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Radio, Red Dead Redemption Poker Tournament. Don't make the same mistake I did. I make all the mistakes. Five cards. You choose how many in your five-card draw to throw back. No real strategy here other than trying to make the best possible. What's the current high? high? Poker hand. Pair of aces right now. So That's still just a... I choose five cards? I hate myself so much. Five. All you're going to do is tell me how many... Oh, well, it doesn't matter if I see them. How many you want to switch out? And that's it. You're just making the best possible hand you can, trying to beat a pair of aces here. That's what you're going for. Can you dig it? You, you really can't just show them to the crowd because you're not playing against John. It's true. I already lost. Yeah. As yeah you, can, you can share them with our audience. All right. How many you want? How many you want, Brennan? He wants two cards. Only Ooh. two. Ooh, I like that. Here's my secret. I'm terrible at cards. All right. You're always, you're always bad. All right, Brent, it's time to show your hand. Reveal it to the camera. How well did you do? How'd you do? Did you do it? What'd you do? What'd you do? I like this kind of like... What is it? I can't see. Okay, show on the camera. What do you got? What do you got? That's absolutely nothing. Ace high. That's zero. Ace high. That's zero. That is. if you'd toss that three for something. I did toss that three for something. I got on three back. You are not the Red Dead Radio Poker Champion. You made the same mistake that I did. I'm happy not to. He did. He made the same mistake. But you're the champion. Did he try for straight? He went for the inside straight. Why does everybody go for inside straight? Why? Because it's the best one. How baller would it be to be like, oh, hey, by the way, 10, Jack, Queen, King. It would be, and if you have four of those five, it makes sense to draw against mm-hmm. it. Like if I've got, but then we could just end the podcast right there. Just like, right. if we've got like Done. ten jack, queen, king, yeah. then if I draw a nine or an ace, I got a straight. Yeah, that's the outside straight. That's control. how I played last time. Inside, no, you went for the inside straight. Oh, you had well, like yeah, seven, okay. eight, ten jack, yeah. and you were going for that eight in the middle. Ne- that's that. the inside. Never go for the it, inside. I wanted you it. Double your chances of drawing a straight going on the outside. Yeah, that's what you want. All right. Got on the outside. Friends, thank you for being here. I like the three-seat dynamic. Always glad to have John Ryan here. And Brennan, you're just a, a delightful treasure of a human being. You and I used, really to, uh, we used to be on uh, shows frequently together. Guys, thank you for being here. Anything you want to plug for you? Um, yeah, actually, I just finished up uh, the super cool thing uh, where we were super excited to play more or check out more of Cyberpunk 2077, but of course that's still a million years away. So we did the next best thing and we got uh, Mike Pondsmith, the guy who wrote the original tabletop game uh, Cyberpunk 2020, to come in and lead a session of the pen and paper RPG. So you can check that out over on IGN uh, and it's also on our YouTube and you can just email me and I'll send it to you. All right, and Brendan? I'm very boring. Watch his stuff instead. Thanks! (laughs) Friends, thank you so much for listening and watching. And once again, part two of this next week. See you soon. Bye. Cisco Man, thank you so much. Austin Riley, Jonathan, William Holbert, thank you so much for being our Patreon producers this much. We couldn't do it without you. Way to go. 